Welcome to Surgical Sins, where I, Miss Medical Assistant from Jordan, Minnesota, talk about the old horror ways and compare it to the modern ways. If you tuned in on the last episode that I posted, which is about the horrors of lobotomy, which also you should go check out, then you would know that I am going to be putting a trigger warning because of this is one of the most graphic episodes that I will be putting out there. So if you are sensitive to hearing about blood and items getting smashed into humans, then maybe you can tune in on the first couple of episodes that I posted, which aren't that graphic, but still really interesting to hear about. Something exciting and new that I haven't done on my podcast yet is having an interview. I am bringing in two people that are also in my creative communications class, and we'll be discussing more about their Mind of a Murderer podcast. Did you know that the oldest form of surgery is trepanation? Now, I know that you probably don't know what that is, so I can inform you on the actual term, so you have an idea of what it is. Trepanation is a surgical procedure in which a hole is created in the skull by the removal of a circular piece of the bone, while the opening is created by this procedure is also found on ScienceDirect.com. Did you know that in ancient times, holes were drilled into a person who was behaving in like a way I should say was not normal and out of the society and not as a regular person and they were believed to have evil spirits in their heads. Evidence of trepanation has been found in prehistoric human remains from Neolithic times onward. And if you don't know, basically in simple terms what Neolithic means is, let's just say, very, very, very old. The bone that was trepanned was kept by the prehistoric people and may have been worn as a charm to keep evil spirits away. There is also evidence that suggests that there was a primitive emergency surgery head towards the wounds to remove shattered bits of bone from a fractured skull and clean out the blood that often pools like under the skull after a blow to the head. Hunting accidents, falls, wild animals, and weapons such as clubs or spears could have caused such injuries. Trepanations appear to have been common in areas where weapons could produce skull fractures that were once used. The primary theories for the practice of trepanation in ancient times include spiritual purposes and treatment for like head wounds, mental disorders, headaches, although it might just be like an unfounded myth. This dates back all the way for like 7,000 to 10,000 years back the oldest surgical procedure for which there is evidence. And in some areas, there may have been quite a widespread of evidence that we have been able to find. So the main pieces of evidence are like in the forms of crave paintings and human remains. At one bureau site in France dated back to like 6,500 BCE, 40 out of the 120 prehistoric skulls that were found had the holes. So at the time, around 40% of people survived the procedures, which honestly, thinking back to how old this procedure is, that's actually pretty amazing that so many people have been able to survive because it's such a delicate area. More than 1,500 skulls from the Neolithic time have been uncovered throughout the world from Europe, Siberia, China, and the Americas. Most of the skulls belonged to the adult males, but women and children were also represented. There also exists evidence of trepanation being performed on a cow in France around 3400 BCE. If performed while like alive, the cow would not survive the procedure. So 
it is basically unclear if this was performed as a medical experimentation or for another reason. But since this is so old, we're not able to find the actual reason as to why. It would be the earliest example of veterinary surgery or animal medical experimentation if those were the reasons. So the record in Mesoamerica is further complicated by the practice of skull mutilation and modification carried out after the death of the subject to fashion, quote, trophy skulls, and like the captives and enemies. There was a widespread tradition illustrated in the pre-Columbian art that was occasionally rulers adorned with or carried the modified skills of their defeated enemies or like the ritualistic display of sacrificial victims. So several of these Mesoamerican cultures use a skull rack and basically these skulls were impaled in rows or columns of a wooden stake. Even so, some evidence of genuine trepanation in Mesoamerica survived. There is no evidence of the actual drilling or the cutting techniques that were found in central and highland Mexico. Instead, the pre-Columbian Maya apparently used like an abrasive technique that ground away at the back of the skull. And it would basically like thin the bone and then sometimes pre-fording it. It's basically similar to the examples from Cholula. Many skulls from the Maya region date from the post-classic period. Now, a false myth that they used to believe was that these holes were drilled for the treatment of headaches or other neurological disorders that were starting to spread within the patient. So during around like during the 1870s, the French anthropologist physician uh, Paul Baranca found several European and South American children's skulls coming from the Neolithic age that were pre-forted surgical. So there was basically no signs of fractures that could justify this complex procedure to relieve the trauma that, w that was found, but a debate flared to determine why these children were, were subjected to trepanation while they were still alive. Branca theorized that this operation had been like a ritual or like a religious purpose to probably like to remove the quote confined demons inside the head of the patient or to create healing or fortunate talisman with the removed skull fragments. However, he also suggested that the operation may have been performed to treat some infantile conditions, such as seizures, to explain why it was performed only on surgery. So right now, at this point, we're either debating on if it was a cultural thing, and so many people did it because to feel included into this culture, they felt like they had to do it, and that's why all these children, as they were growing up, it was like, oh, we got to do this now. Or on the other side, it was they were seeing that these children were basically having seizures and they were thinking, oh, it's probably the demons. So they performed it. What tools did they use? So basically in ancient times, trepanation instruments were used less complex and were commonly made out of like flint, obsidian, or like a harder material such as stone knives and later with metal such as bronze or copper. Additionally, the procedure was done by shamans or with like basically another word for that is like witch doctors were utilizing ceremonial knife that was basically in the early Peru. They would also use sharpened seashells from the South Pacific Ocean and a drill, a bronze knife, and etc. The Greeks and Romans were the first to design the, these actual medical instruments that were used to penetrate the skull. So such instruments included serrata made to perforate the cranium by manually rolling the instrument between the surgeon's hand. When I actually read this, I was like, 
what like they would actually like roll it into like this the surgeon's hand but it's probably better for just like access and then by the renaissance period when trepanation was like routinely performed a range of instruments were developed to accommodate the demand let's take a little break and bring in tori and avery so is there a specific thing that brought you guys to come up with your podcast name um, well, when we were trying, we were trying to figure out what we should do, and we had a lot of ideas, but then we both, like, have an interest in, like, serial mur- killers and all that, <laughs> and, like, murders and, like, mystery and whatever, and, like, because we think it's interesting, so, like, oh, why not just do a podcast about that, and then we just The name, of- I feel like we just, like, thought on, like, one random thought. Yeah. And I feel like we do that of- with a lot of things. Yeah, it kind of just popped up. Really, that was not the case with me. I had such a hard time with coming up with mine. I'm just, like, not a creative person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We were just I messing around. Because I know Rydberg was, was Rydberg helping you. With, like, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he helped. I think we, he might have, like, switched, like, words around. But I think it just kind of came up yeah. on the spot. To give other people, like, a little preview, essentially, like, what is your podcast about? Just overall, all kinds of serial killers. Like, we cover Ted Bundy um jeffrey dahmer just more of like the more famous serial killers so we just kind of dive deep into their like their life their childhood their killings everything like that mm-hmm. i mean we have some other serial killers that were very popular and famous but not a lot of people have heard of them my last question is what has been your favorite episode that you have made so far jeffrey dahmer yeah jeffrey dahmer was definitely the best probably because i just knew a lot more about him than I did with other serial killers. Serial killers, and like after watching the show, yeah, and everything, we both watched the show, so I feel like we we like, both like knew <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so it was very easy to talk about him. And he's just, I feel like he was just like one of the most interesting ones that we've yeah, had. Yeah, he's just an interesting. It was person. just fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah, especially because like so many people lately have been talking about him. He like mm-hmm. blew up so much. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on to my podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I strongly recommend that you guys go over to Avery and Tori's Mind of a Murderer podcast. We are quite similar and tune in on their podcast episodes. Okay, now let's talk about the modern way. So trepanation was performed by cutting holes into the skull, inserting an instrument, and destroying parts of the brain. This was later basically made unnecessary by the development of the orbital transit which now is basically, if you don't know, it's like where a spike is inserted through the eye sockets of the patient. Trepanation is a treatment and used for epidural and surgical access for certain other neurological procedures. And if you don't know that, it's basically procedures that have to do around your brain or basically your skull. And it was used for pressure monitoring. Modern surgeons usually use the term anatomy for this procedure. However, unlike our ancestors, it must be done after diagnostic imaging, pinpointing the issues with the brain. Now, I like this because now we don't go straight into surgery. So now we actually have to do all these scans. We have to evaluate the, the scans and see what's actually wrong before we go in and actually do the surgery, which is good. This basically, this preoperative imaging allows for like accurate examination and evaluations. Unlike trepanation, the removed piece of the skull is typically replaced as soon as possible. 
And the instruments that they use nowadays have been replaced with the actual medical drills that, that should be used when you're putting it into the skull so nothing else is damaged are now available with diamond-coated rims, which are less traumatic than the classical ones that they would use with a sharp knife. They are smooth to tissues and cut only bone. Additionally, the specially designed drills come with a safety feature that prevents the drill from like basically penetrating into the brain tissue, which would damage a lot of what we have to do and not so basically like the patient doesn't die. Along with like some infections, the neurosurgery that we have been able to come up with now is a common procedures for many reasons other than just head trauma. In the 20th century and documented in Africa, around 90% of the people actually survived this procedure. So back in the time, it was still pretty high, but now we have been able to bring it up even higher by 90%, which is really good to hear about. I am so glad that I was not alive back in these prehistoric times because the way that we perform trepanation now is so much more better and safer. Although, don't get me wrong, honestly, I was very surprised because all these episodes that I've been researching, there has been this like huge amount of improvement. And yes, we have been able to come up with so many things, but what's so amazing to, to read about before this is that we did make it better and safer, but at the old time, it was such a delicate area and one of the oldest that have been going on for like a very, very long time. We have been able to find all this evidence and all these supporting things that conclude that they believe that there was devils basically in their head, mainly children or like adult males. And they would perform this surgery and it was either a very cultural thing or they believe that there was actually something wrong. But either way, it was still done. And the success rate was not the best, but it wasn't the worst that I've, I've been reading with all these other episodes that I've been doing. So I was really happy to hear that although it's the, one of the oldest, there's still amazing improvement. And then now modernly, we have so many of these steps before actually doing surgery like the imaging and then you have to analyze the scans and actually figure out what's wrong along with all the tools that we have been able to make so i'm gonna do another poll as i did in my last episode but this time it's gonna be if you were back in time and you were in their culture and you were a part of this culture that was basically kind of required in a way to do this surgery do you think that you or your parents would have allowed you to do this surgery considering all the facts that you know now that I have been able to inform you would you go back and would you do the same surgery I really want to thank you for listening to surgical sins and hearing about the horrors of lobotomy please share this podcast with friends and family there is also a youtube channel that has Jordan High School students. You should go and subscribe to JHS Creative Communications and you will be able to find their amazing and interesting videos. Follow us on Twitter at JHSCreativeCom with two M's and also go check out Tori and Avery's podcast.